This is the best podcast. BEST stands for Business, Entrepreneurship, Startups, and Technology. I'm your host, Adam Sockledge, and each week we talk live on social media platforms like Twitter Spaces so that you can stay up to date with the latest news and stories, learn the greatest tools and tactics, and gain some of the best opportunities to connect with new people. Special guests include top founders, CEOs, and experts. Plus, the audience is always full of fascinating people. Even Elon Musk recently tuned in. All of our conversations are educating, entertaining, and engaging with the mission to help you succeed. So follow us on all your favorite social media platforms, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, and of course, tune in live to the best podcast. Let's talk soon. Hey, Lenny, how are you? Hey, what's up? <laughs> it's so good to talk with you. You and I have been messaging for quite a while. And I greatly appreciate you taking the time to talk today. You bet, man. This is uh, this is my first ever Twitter Spaces conversation. Did you say the first ever or one of the first ever? The first ever. Whoa! Hey, I take that. Holy as a, shit! <laughs> I take that as an honor, my man. Thank you so much. This is amazing. I really appreciate that. Totally. Well, Lenny, people are going to be joining us, and I'm excited just to talk with you and, and talk everything about the creator side of things and all the great work that you're doing, too. Um, we're going to give it a little bit of time for people to populate the room, of course, and, and to join us. But um, before we do that, we can, of course, just have a little bit of, of small talk. How are you doing with the new year so far? How is everything with you? Things are great. We uh, we went to Yosemite actually for a week just to kind of. I, I live in the Bay Area in Marin, uh, and so we decided just to go to Yosemite. Uh, and it's like I've never been there in the snow, uh, and it's really unique and special. And we're actually going to try to go back before it gets before the snow goes away. Oh, it's super that's, fun. That's am- and do you, what do you do there? I've been there once before. Of course, it has tremendous outdoor things, but there's so many different things. What's your favorite thing to do? Uh, probably beyond just exploring the place. So we have a we have a dog and and it's kind of restricted of things you could do with a dog and so we just kind of find hikes and places to go that are beautiful that allow for dogs. So it's mostly just like bouncing between beautiful parts of the valley. Mostly is where we spend our time and mm-hmm. taking pictures, checking out waterfalls, walking on snow. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing! And and the time I'd been there, I uh, is it El Capitan? Is that the right place? Right. Um, yeah, that's the that's the big old rock that people climb. Yeah. Yeah, and I just saw the documentary actually of one of the which one uh, with Alex. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Alex Holt. Uh, what is it called? Free. Yep. Exactly. Um, yeah. Which is a, is amazing cinematography, right? But at the same time, just a, an amazing experience and and really a great story. So I really love that as well. Um, Man, if you uh, if you like that, you should check out the Alpin- Alpinist. Alpinist. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, it's on Netflix right now, and it's. It's the guy that Alex, what's his name, Alex Hoddle, Hull, mm-hmm. Hull, uh, that he looks to as like the next generation of climbers. Oh my gosh. So are you a climber? You just sound like you have interest in <laughs> No, <climbers>. absolutely not. <laughs> I just watch Netflix. Okay, good, 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 good. Well, man, all right. Well, let's get this going. I mean, it's certainly exciting. People are now starting to populate the room. We've pushed all the buttons. Uh, we started to warm up you and I, and you and I just talked about the best of Lenny. I host 
audio series, live audio chats for the last year and a half. And it's a great way to connect with people and dive in behind the scenes, especially with this being your first space, because there's a lot of people that follow you and all the great content. I've gotten so many requests, try to get Lenny, try to get Lenny. So again, I really appreciate this opportunity. Um, we're gonna cover things that, of course, your great content, what makes great creators, whether it's product managers, startup founders, marketers, investors, things like that. Uh, and just a lot of great things about you and the work that you're doing as well. So are you ready to get started? Let's do this. It's right, my man. first Twitter spaces, like you said. Uh, uh, so we'll see. We'll see where this all goes. This is an honor. Well, it's just a great way, again, to talk. You, you remove the the extra anxiety of having to be on Zoom and video, which it has its own benefits. I get that as well. Um, but the power of this is that you can engage with people. So you and I are going to talk up here for a while, diving deep into the great stuff of the great content that you're working on. At the same time, later in the show, people are going to be able to raise their hands. They can come up. They can ask questions for me, questions for you, have a conversation. So if, that's, if that sounds good, you know, one thing that I'm always curious about is, you know, you create so much great content. And I'm curious whether things to you feel good or bad. So what's a win for you? Uh, you have so much great content. What makes it a win for you? What makes it successful? In terms of like whether I look at a post as successful or not? Yeah, a post, a newsletter, an article, an investment, mm -hmm. whatever, everything. Uh, I'd say the main thing I look for is people kind of anecdotally just sharing that that post made an actual impact in their work. So like someone just emailing me being like, hey, this post really helped my startup figure out this problem we're tackling. Or the, I get a lot of the, these like, oh my God, it's like you were reading my mind. I was thinking about this exact problem this week and this is exactly what I was looking for. And so that always feels really good. Uh, just like anecdotally finding that the content is valuable to folks. Uh, then there's just like the traffic that it gets. Like I know it was an easy answer, but that is a nice uh, sign of how valuable something ends up being. Mm -hmm. So I look at that, uh, shares, and then, yeah, just anecdotes of, of just like what what the stuff has done for someone at their company, at their job. Mm -hmm. Good, good, good. And you brought up something that's really interesting. You said that people say that they feel like you read their minds. Explore that a little bit. How do you think that comes about? Are you kind of just a paying attention to the trends as you're, you know, creating your content or what makes people feel like you're reading their mind? How do you do that? So I think one of the reasons this newsletter is done well is it's, it's, I've kind of positioned it as an advice column where people send me questions and answer questions in the best way that I can. And kind of what I didn't realize when I was starting that out is that it immediately makes the stuff I write uh, concretely helping somebody with a, with a problem that they're actually having and not pontificating on something that could be interesting to someone or, or creating kind of theory on things. It's concretely helping someone that is actually having a real problem. And I think because that somebody's having that problem, many other people are having that problem. And so I think there's a higher chance that the thing that I'm writing about is going to help someone. And, 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 there's, uh, and there's so many problems people are having all the time. There's the chances that someone's having that problem uh, also is relatively high, is what I find. Ooh, so this is interesting, Lenny, because I imagine you get a lot of messages, right? A lot of uh, maybe requests or questions and things like that. 
but you're in a very unique position where they probably are very much asking you questions. And I'm sure, you know, for interviews and things like that, but I can only imagine if, you know, Elon Musk had an open DM, the stuff that he would get. But you're probably one of the few that is getting very real questions from investors, startups, founders, you know, content marketers, content creators. And you must be able to look at those and, and start to notice trends so that you can cherry pick the best and then turn that back into you know, content. Is that how you do it? Or is there another way that you do it? I don't focus as much on trends. I focus most, mostly what I look at for specifically what to write about in the next week or two is uh, a combination of what am I just like most curious about and want to actually spend time on because I find that if I don't really, if I'm not like driven to answer that question right now, it doesn't end up going well. So I look at just like, what do I want to work on this week and next week and the week after? And then just like, what questions are being asked most often so that the surface area of how many people it'll help ends up being highest. But I'd say like 80% of what I look for is what am I, what am I just most curious about right now and want to spend like a week or two writing because that just leads to the best stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, Lenny, I mean, you have such great experience in product, in growth, in adv advising, of course, right? Investing. There's so much that you can cover how do you figure out what's interesting to you in that moment? I think, you know, it's something that as I curate live audio spaces, I'm trying to pay attention as well and see what people are wanting to hear more of. Hence, they want to talk with Lenny, right? Um, but at the same time, how do you do that? Because I feel like you could cover so many different things. How do you kind of prioritize and then focus it on that week ahead or two or three weeks ahead? Mostly I kind of have built this uh, skill of paying attention to what I'm, where my energy is pulling me and what I'm feeling like I want to spend time on. So I guess as an example, last week, I wrote about differentiation and ways to differentiate your startup. And and that just came from us talking to founder and we we're talking about differentiation and it just got me curious about, well, let me spend some time understanding what are ways you can differentiate your product. Um, so, so most of it just comes from learning to pay attention to where I'm getting energy and where my mind is, is most wanting to go and, and I have the freedom to, to do that. You know, I don't have to like deliver a very specific post on a specific week and I don't have a boss telling me uh, what I need to do. So, so I've learned to just pay attention to that and follow that as much as I can. Good, good, good. Well, hey, I just want to kind of refresh the room for everyone that's joining at the moment. We are talking with Lenny. You must know him. If you're not, you have to click on his account, follow him, and of course, just read everything that's on there. We're diving into deep about the content creating process, what makes great content creators, and just a lot great more. And then later in the show, we'll be able to bring up some folks. So get your questions ready. You know, Lenny, what I'd love to do is kind of come back to this core uh, area of focus that I've been paying attention to. So speaking of, of you paying attention, I, I'm trying to understand content, content creators and what they do differently that makes it work. Because your story is incredible with everything that you've gone from with Airbnb, the product side, to writing this newsletter, to everything else that you're doing. You, I would imagine that you look to other people as well, right? You're, you're reading newsletters, you're paying attention. Who do you look up to? You know, who are who are the people that are important to you and that you may uh, think as an as an idol, or you follow them and you and you follow their content as well? Who do you pay attention to? Uh, I kind of look. This is gonna be maybe a boring answer, but I look at Ben Thompson, and I feel like he's got a lot of this figured out. Where he he writes uh, like about stuff he's personally very curious about and wants to spend time thinking about. Um, he just, he does this full time, this newsletter thing. 
he doesn't spend a lot of time like doing talks, doing sessions, running courses, doing all these things. He's just kind of like found the thing that he loves to do and just focuses on that and cuts out everything else. And that's something I'm trying to do as much as I can. Like, like I try to not do talks like this too often, to be honest, just because I feel like they're always a distraction from making a better newsletter. Mm. Um, but uh, but I still succumb to it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's fun. And it's fun when I do. But uh, I kind of like to that, just like find the thing that you really enjoy and just find a way to just, just do that as much as you can. And so I kind of found this fortunate uh, path where I could just spend my time writing an awesome newsletter and that's all I need to do. And it just kind of takes care of itself. And and um, we can talk about why, like maybe what I think makes a successful newsletter, if you think that would be useful. Yeah, and, and, and let's get to that one in just a second. I'd, I'd actually like mm-hmm. to hear a little bit more about what makes a, a great content creator like Ben Thompson. And, and I'll throw out a little secret. I have contacted Ben. He has responded to me. So if I if I am able to talk with him, maybe you'll come back and join us. How does that sound? That'd be a, a, quite the honor. Good, good, good. Well, so what makes a great content creator in your opinion? What makes them different? Like Ben, use him as an example. Uh, so I guess maybe thinking about specifically like newsletters and writing, um, I think there's broadly two things you got to get right, quality and consistency. So within consistency, it's, it's really easy just to like write one awesome piece and it go viral and you think you're going to, you know, things are going to change in the way you live or, or your business or for you, if you have like one awesome thing that goes well. But I find that it just like disappears quickly and you move on and it's like it never happened. And the thing that separates folks that do really well and, and stay with us and it's almost innate but basically consistently producing great stuff and doesn't always have to be like a plus plus every single time but the fact that you can keep it up and keep at it and continue delivering value where people continue subscribing and growing i think that's really rare um so i've been doing this for like two and a half years now and i've put out a post every single week and that you know that's hard to do and it only gets harder because the stuff you can write about diminishes and and it's kind of like the way I picture it is this like Indiana Jones boulder that's always chasing you for the next week as soon as you put out a piece someone there's like the next week that's coming you gotta figure out what that's gonna be uh and so so that's hard and a lot of people start newsletters it's really easy to start a newsletter or I don't know a TikTok account and but it's really hard to keep it up and to keep it great and so so one is just consistently doing it for a long time like I, I was doing it for nine months week after week uh until I started charging for it and I partly did that so I could prove to myself that I can keep up, keep it up, and that I am finding it interesting enough to want to keep doing it for a long time. Um, so consistency, and then and then quality, I think is the other piece. Um, there's just like a lot of okay stuff out there, uh, writing videos, YouTube's, TikToks, and and there's just there's always room for better stuff, stuff that's more useful, more tactical, more entertaining, and so so the way you win and a lot of this is just like make stuff that's better than anything that's out there and you know it could be it's better researched or you could you could just like have more experience in that space one of the one of the benefits of like doing this as a kind of a full-time thing is i I don't have a day job and so i have the time i have a lot more time to spend on writing and researching than anyone else generally and so it's kind of this secret advantage and and the way you continue to be successful you use that and just you spend more time on stuff so like make it memorable keep refining it so that it's really 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 good and not just like this is okay um, and an example of that is one of my first posts that did super well was this uh, post on marketplace growth and i don't know i spent like hundreds of hours 
researching, writing, interviewing, and and I did well. And that's because it's kind of like primary research that no one's ever done before. And um, and that stuff is what people want to read versus just like pontificating on some theory or, you know, some, some kind of like slightly better version of something that's out there. So, so I'd say generally just consistency and quality is, is how you win. Ooh, well, there's a lot of different areas that we can dive into. And, and I'd love to talk about marketplaces as well. It's a whole different subject. I'm sure we could, mm-hmm. you know, spend an hour on that. But swinging it back real quick, you, you talked about um, doing your hours of research and interviews. Is there a, a typical format that you go through when you put this work together? Or is it different depending on the topic and as you explore? So it's really broad and like loose. But uh, so I come up with a topic like, let's pick an example. I, I did a post recently on, on what is a good payback period for for a startup. Just like how quickly should you get paid back for spend on, on like ads. Uh, so, I, so I come up with a topic. And then uh, I kind of realized, okay, this is the kind of topic I want to get a bunch of experts' opinions on versus I have the answer. And there's kind of like these buckets to post that I write. It's either like I have the answer for you for my experience. Bucket two is uh, I'm going to go find the experts that actually know this stuff really well, and I'll synthesize their best advice. And then bucket three is guest posts where people just act- actually write the post that are like experts at that question. So, so for that question, it was like, okay, I should go ask like the top 30 smartest people in payback period, what they think a good payback period is. So I make a list of here's the, my kind of wish list of people that I'd love to contribute to this thing. And then I just email them, reach out and ask them if they want to be a part of this thing. Uh, and then I just throw all their answers into a big coded doc. And there's kind of this like fuzzy process of I just stare at all their answers and look for patterns and look for ways to way to kind of structure create a little framework around where they've all kind of landed um and then and then i start writing and that's kind of a hard to describe process but i just kind of keep refining and refining and refining until it feels like all right this feels good let's get it out Yep. Yep. And I know I told you earlier that I stayed up quite late last night, right? Going through all of mm-hmm. your content. And and to your point, I did notice the guest posts. I was kind of wondering what mm-hmm. was going on. But one that stood out to me was the one with Kristen, right, from the B, uh, the Behavioral mm-hmm. Economist. I absolutely loved that. I mean, I just that's from a while ago, mm-hmm. but I did enjoy that. And I was curious how you did research or talk with these folks. So you, you started talking about the structure, right, and, and how you kind of stare at it and then start, you start to write it. This kind of morphs into another part that I'd love to talk with you about is the art of storytelling. It's mm-hmm. something that I've been studying for the last year, and I interview CEOs, I interview founders, I interview, uh, I had a series doing the top 10 TED speakers, right? Everyone from Tim Urban to Amy Cuddy. I mean, dozens, millions and millions and millions and millions of views, right? To understand that art of storytelling. I also interviewed one of the best video game developers out there in the world because gaming is mm-hmm. a, is a is an act of of storytelling and even Elon Musk joined and tuned in which was quite uh, an experience for me. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear your thought thought on the art of storytelling and how that fits into your world but then it fits into a lot of different, you know, subworlds of of product stories and user stories and uh, you know, startup pitches, they're all technically stories just in a little bit of different formats. So this is an open-ended question, but how does the art of storytelling kind of fit into your world? I'm actually uh, not good at storytelling, to be honest. Uh, it's something I continue to try to get better at. And maybe a bit contrarian on that is uh, a lot of people write these things, like write stuff with 
these like really long introductions with like a whole story about something that they're making up. Um, and then, and then like after a page or two, they get to the, the meat of what they're trying to tell you, um, specifically if it's like advice on how to do something. And uh, kind of my like perspective is people don't really want to read these long intros. They just want to jump straight to the thing that you're telling them. And so, so I, I try to like start my post often with like, here's a story of a thing that happened to me. And then I ended up, I, I often end up cutting them because I find people, they're just not like useful enough and people would rather just like, oh yeah, just tell me what I need to do. So, so generally I, I don't spend a lot of time telling stories in the newsletter at least. Um, and I've tried it in the past and it's never quite worked. And I think it's probably because I'm just not good at it. <laughs> but, uh, but I'd say in uh, the course, I taught this course on product management. When you do like a live course, that's like an hour and a half of teaching. I find stories are a lot more important and powerful there. Instead of just like, here's how you do a thing, you tell a story of how you did that thing. Um, and in those cases, I just, I just tell the story of what I did. I don't like, I'm not good at understanding. Here's the, here's the flow of a story and here's how you create tension and all these things. And it's not a skill I have and I try to learn it, but I don't know. I'm not there. So can we go back to your days, uh, you know, earlier in your career, Airbnb, stuff like that. I mean, when you think about product, um, I just think of thinking through the users, right? And their user story, if you will. Is that mm -hmm. something that, that resonates and that's something that you were, were diving into maybe then? Or at the same time, did you have a different method, uh, you know, of understanding what the user's adventure was, their journey, if you will? Um, and that's just one example. You could also go into, um, I just think of the world that you're in and investing as well, right? People are pitching uh, from their startups as founders and, and those are micro stories. Heck, your tweets are micro stories, right? So I'm trying to dive in into any one of those if you want to pick and choose and just kind of think through how you would structure those as mini stories maybe. Yeah, uh, just to be clear, I, don't, I wasn't trying to say stories are not powerful and important. It's just I'm not that good at storytelling. <laughs> sure. But uh, <laughs> Uh, there's actually this really great book for folks uh, that want to go deeper on stories that has stuck with me for a long time called The Storytelling Animal that kind of talks through all the ways that stories inform the way we live. Um, but even that book has not like taught me how to tell a story well. Um, but just to answer your question more concretely, um, what that reminds me is of a story. Uh, at, at Airbnb, there's actually this important kind of uh, pivot, pivotal moment, uh, maybe a few years into the history of the company where the the founder brian he was at home over over the winter break and he decided to read walt disney's biography and he's reading it and, and he got to this chapter on how um how walt disney created the movie snow white and how he actually like executed the movie and um something that was unique about that movie is they used storyboards to lay out the story and it was the first time i think for an animated film that they needed to use storyboards because it was the most complicated animated film that had ever been done. And he's reading that and, he, and he's just like, huh, uh, I think it, like a trip on Airbnb, like going on a trip on Airbnb is, is like very similar to a story. There's kind of this beginning where you're looking around and you're trying to figure out where to go and whether it's going to work out. And then there's middle of your, you go on your trip and it's fun and all the adventures happen. And then, and then there's an end where you come home and you tell your friends about it. And so what he realizes, hey, we should really be thinking about our product like like a story that unfolds. And so they actually kind of, as Airbnb does, they went to the extreme and they hired a, a Pixar storyboard artist to work at the office and draw out storyboards of the key moments of a trip on Airbnb from the guest side and the host side. And he ended up with these really beautifully illustrated 
key frames that we hung up in the office and that became uh, basically the strategy of the company to make each of these moments of a trip and Airbnb be as amazing as possible. Um, and that came from this you know, very simple idea of storyboards. So I have to ask you, because I'm starting to notice Airbnb commercials on TV. I, I don't know. I, I don't watch a ton, but I, I've noticed them specifically. And they're powerful, but they're different than many of the others. Have you seen any of them? Yeah. And you may notice a lot of the commercials these days are about hosting, yeah. which never they never used to be. And that's just because hosting is the biggest, just Airbnb need, wants more hosts. That's kind of their biggest uh constraint right now and so they're focused on hosting which is kind of interesting right in commercial and, and it's not it's not a sales pitch right it's showing you a moment you use that key mm-hmm. word uh mm-hmm. and it brings in the emotional attachment to it so i just i think that that was fascinating and i've always wondered if i could have talked to someone at airbnb just to have a fun conversation but in a way of course you've worked there before um i was just wondering if that was something that stood out to you and if you noticed it and uh, either liked them or didn't like them um how about that question yeah, yeah, Airbnb is great at, at commercials and, and videos. Their like video team is incredible, and uh, you know it's like I think it's an agency that made the ad. I don't know, I don't know exactly the thought process that went to it, but they're really good at just capturing emotion in their videos. Um, and yeah, um, I don't know. There's this one famous commercial that they put out a while ago. This baby walking walking around mm-hmm. towards a door. That was kind of a hilarious, uh, abstract, even more abstract take on Airbnb. That may be out there still. I forget what it's called, but there's a baby involved. Yeah, good, good, good. All right. Well, hey, let's keep. I mean, there's so many things to talk about. And for the people that are joining us today, I want to refresh the room. We are, of course, talking with Lenny, who is an amazing content creator. Uh, if you haven't checked out his newsletter or any of his work so far and his tweets as well, click on his profile. Give him a follow and check it out. I think it's amazing. You will learn so much, whether it's about product, it's about growth, investing, advising. You're just doing a lot of great things. So really appreciate you joining us. In just a little bit, we'll be able to open up for some questions, but I want to be respectful of your time. So we're going to go into some like rapid fire questions real quick, right? When you think of the world successful and you can't talk about Ben Thompson because you already did, who's the next person that comes to mind and then why? Oh man, that's gonna sound so boring, but like, uh, but definitely Elon Musk. Only because um, if you think about just like the combination of the ambition that he's got of like changing the world in so many incredible ways that kind of help other species last longer, and then also actually achieving these things. Like, I don't know how you compare that to anyone else today, at least. And so, uh, if you think about who has been successful, I think, I think, I think Elon. Even though that's kind of boring. Okay. Well, I know I told you before, if I could get Ben Thompson on here, I'll let you know and I can join. Well, I'll do the same thing if I can get Elon. Is that the okay? Deal? That's a deal. <laughs> and this He'll is be just... like, get this, get this guy out of here. <laughs> um, I, and this is just a quiet, quick side note. Like if you had that opportunity, like, let's say I was talking with Elon right now and you were on stage, what would you ask him? Because I'm trying to figure that out too. If he ever gave me the chance, what, what dumb question would I ask him? Because he only gets asked the smartest questions by the smartest people, right? Um, oh, but genuinely, is there one that comes out real quickly for you, what you would ask him? Uh, I guess I'd be curious what he does for fun. I feel like we're always seeing him work, and I'm curious what he does to have a good time on the side. Mm, good, good, good. Well, that gets my next rapid-fire question. Uh, I'm actually going to skip an extra one down, but what obsessions mm-hmm. do you explore on the evenings, on the weekends, like for fun when you're not writing, which I know is fun for you? Um, what are those things that you explore? Honestly, I'm trying to do less 
uh, I'm trying to like just like have more fun. I find that I'm just like naturally a workaholic, and I could work on this newsletter all day, every day, seven days a week if I let myself. Um, and so, so I'm trying to do less stuff. Um, but I guess what I'm trying to do more of, I don't know, go outside. You know, I, we're talking about I just went to Yosemite for a week, so more life, fun stuff versus more work things. I'm trying to do less work wherever I can. Mm, you and I share a lot of things. You know, it's a goal of mine <laughs> to, to focus in this year or to become more uh, disciplined in, in regards to my focus. But getting outside is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. And where was I going to go with that? I just made me think of something a second ago. Uh, what was it? Doing less. Doing something less. about doing less. But then what did you say after that? Uh, I don't know. Getting outside, not working all the time. Oh, yeah. Are you a one-man team or do you have a team? Like, are there people helping you in any ways? So in terms of the newsletter, it's basically me. I have a contractor designer that helps me with illustrations. And then I have a, a contractor copy editor that reviews each of the posts, which is, like, unbelievably helpful. I never thought i never realized how many mistakes i make before i hire before i found her and she finds like a hundred things i have to correct every single time and so that's the team on the newsletter and then with the community i have a community lead shrey who helps out with uh, the slack and helps keep it awesome and then uh kiani who helps curate uh, the best threads each week and then we send that out as a bonus newsletter or post and I think that's it. Maybe I'm forgetting someone, but that's kind of, that's roughly the team. Yeah, no, and that's great to hear when you made that point um, about the copy editor, because I, uh, I'm i a contractor as well, very similarly for the head, the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. And there's so much stuff that he's doing. But when he sends me, you know, a newsletter that he pushes out, uh, he was uh, hired by Facebook, not hired by Facebook, but he works with Facebook for his bulletin newsletter. And uh, just reviewing that type of copy, right? It, it, it's um, a lot of little details that you're looking to, but it's very helpful for him because so it's many. just another perspective at the same time. I may catch things that he may not and vice versa for your team, right? Same thing there. Absolutely. Yeah, it's wild. Good, good, good. Well, let's keep rocking and rolling. You know, so... Um, what's something that you believe that other people think is insane, right? And I know that that's a, a a wild question, but generally, um, what is something that you believe that other people think is insane? I don't know. I don't think this qualifies for insane, but I think, uh, in terms of angel investing, so I did a bunch of angel investing, maybe it's more contrarian than insane is I think it's... uh, People always feel like they need to find these like diamonds in the rough and like discover undiscovered startups that nobody has seen. And that's how you win. But I've kind of found that it's kind of the opposite that like as an angel investor, you're never going to have time to be as good at investing and diligencing as an actual full time investor who's doing this full time and has a lot of time. Um, So I find that it's I think it's smarter to follow along smart investors like, you know, top tier funds and what they're doing and not try to pick hidden winners, which kind of boring and like cheating a little bit, but I feel like that's probably the right strategy Mm -hmm. for investing. Good, good, good. What is a topic that if you were to speak, if Ted was to ask you to speak and are you familiar with Ted, Ted talks, by the way? Absolutely. Good, good, good. Um, That is something that you give a talk on. That's something outside your main area of expertise. So I actually gave a TEDx talk that is out there in the world uh, on serendipity, uh, maybe like 12 years ago or something like that. Uh, And so that's kind of a trick question answer. And I'm Googling as fast as possible. 
Uh, <laughs> using that, I am shocked I didn't find this, um, and I'm going to watch it immediately hit, after hit this. Good, good, good. So, um, losing serendipity. Give us like a one sentence pitch. What what was that more about than just simply the title of losing serendipity? It was actually kind of prescient. Prescient. Uh, looking back, it was it was about how we're all kind of uh, being trapped in these like bubbles of recommendations based on previous recommendations and things we've done, and so the more we kind of end up getting trapped in these bubbles. Um, based on recommendation vengeance. And so we kind of lose this serendipitous moment that used to happen. We we're just like walking around and, oh, let's go to this restaurant. And now it's like, mm, what does Yelp tell me? Where should I go? So it's all about the dangers of that. And it's kind of like what's happened with all these bubbles that we're, we're all in and just, you know, seeing the same news that we want to see versus what other folks are seeing. You know, and um, so I'm 36 and in my life, I don't often hear people using the word serendipity. It's just not something that comes off in, in mm-hmm. those conversations. But in the last year and a half, uh, as I spend a lot of time in live audio, social audio, clubhouse, Twitter spaces, that word comes up quite often because, you know, you and I could be having this conversation over a cup of coffee, a lunch, whatever, and and no one's probably going to bother us. But in this case, or in case of what my conversation from this fall, Elon Musk joins the room. Technically, if I invited him up, he could be a part of that conversation, right? Like the, the word serendipity comes around often, at least in the social audio space, the live audio space. Um, so it really resonated with me and I'm excited to check out your talks. I will do that right after this. Um, All right. It's half embarrassing because it's so long ago, but, but it's out there. <laughs> All right, folks, so I'm going to fly through these next few questions. But again, if you have a question uh, for Lenny, we'd love for you to ask. And Lenny, is that all right if we invite some people up in a few minutes? They can ask you some quick questions. Not okay. I'm just joking, of course. (laughs) Good, good, good. All right. Um, Let's see. Where was I? So what is the best or most worthwhile investment you've made? And, And of course, that can be in a company, but it can certainly be time, money, energy, resources, things like that. And then what did you do? How did you decide on making that investment? Uh, what comes to mind is, is I was at Airbnb for, for seven years and I left without really much of a plan. I kind of had these ideas of things I might do, start a company, do some advising, maybe do some, maybe join another company as a PM. And I basically gave myself six months to figure out what I wanted to do next without much of a plan. It was kind of this investment in, um, in the six months. I basically set aside a budget of here's like my burn. Here's how much I'm going to waste spending six months doing nothing. And let's just set that aside and that'll be my exploration budget. And with in that time, that's kind of, that's basically what led to this newsletter path that I'm on now, which I never had even on like a hundredth item bullet point list of things I thought I would end up doing. And that only came about by just taking time off, trying stuff, looking to see where my energy takes me and where people find value and stuff that I'm doing. And, and then just having a chance to explore and tinker and, and try it out. So I'd say that six month period was probably the biggest, uh, and most valuable investment I've made. Yeah, it changed your life, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are where you Absolutely. are today. You've done some great yeah. things. And uh, it's not necessarily what you were doing that many years ago. Great. What is yeah. the worst advice that you see or hear being shared and dispensed in the world? I think there's a book about this, but I think I think just the advice of follow your passion, like in a vacuum, is probably really bad advice. Um, I think what you should actually be doing is playing the kind of the Venn diagram of make your passion slash things you're most excited about working on and then things that are useful to other people because a lot of passion is not like actually useful to anyone and 
doesn't lead anywhere. So, so that'd be my advice is don't just follow your passion. Try to find this combination of what do you really love doing and then what's useful to other people and, and great stuff happens there. Mm, that's useful for me. It's a question that's been on my mm. mind recently, that answer. So thank you for sharing mm -hmm. that one. Um, how about has there been a failure or an apparent failure, you know, that, that set you up for later success? So I had a startup at one point. Uh, it's called Local Mind. Uh, it was like an app that sat on top of Foursquare and Goala back in the day and let you talk to people in places if you were thinking about going there and you just like chat, like hey, what's going on at this bar before you show up. Um, and the app, I don't know if it was a, I wouldn't call it a failure failure, but the app like, you know, did blow up and I don't think it would have survived, but we ended up selling the company to Airbnb. That's how I got to Airbnb. Um, and so even though, yeah, ended up not being like a real business, it led to these really, this really other bigger opportunity. And what it makes me think about is just like try stuff that's interesting to you, stuff that you're excited about, things that could be something. And um, even if it's like sort of a failure, it can often lead to something much bigger. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It's like a half failure. Good, good, good. All right. I got a few more rapid fire. And then again, folks, raise your hand. We'll get you in the queue. Uh, I'm already bringing someone up. So get your question ready, guy, in just a few minutes. So what advice, if you take a look back, uh, how old are you now, if you don't mind me asking? Lee? I just turned 40. Hey, congratulations. If you look Thank back you. 20 years to your 20-year-old self and or 25 or 30, uh, what advice would you give to yourself? Uh, I would probably say to optimize for a variety of experiences and a variety of skills. I find that just like the more tools you have in your tool belt and the more types of experiences you have, the more you can tap into for future opportunities um, or the, and the more you kind of like understand the options ahead of you and the more ways you can go and the more likely it is you'll find something that's like, oh, wow, this is the thing I really want to do. So I'd say optimize for a variety of experience and honestly go deep immediately. Mm. So is there something, and this is going to be my next question, that you, what have you changed your mind about in the last few years and why? I don't know. This was in the last few years, but there's this thing that I've always thought people like, I, yeah. So there's this, I used to think that like, we should all be, we should all know everything there is to know in the world. Like the more we all know about everything as a human species and individually, the better it's going to be. But uh, I kind of realized at one point that like, there's like things that are better. People don't know, like, uh, like how to make a gun out of nothing or how to build a nuclear bomb. Um, like better people don't know that <laughs> and and that's kind of weird to think that like we should limit some information like that but i think that's for the best and i don't know exactly how to do that but but that's kind of what i changed my mind but i think it's better if we don't all know everything uh yeah like things like that gotcha so next question what do you believe is true even though you can't prove it i'd say just that, like i think things are going to be okay with the world uh i'm an optimist and so i just have this perspective that i know things are tough in a lot of ways but um generally just feel things are gonna be okay good 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 all right last question and then folks we'll, we'll bring you up and get some questions as well lenny if you were gonna launch something in 2022 what would it be not a newsletter uh it's i think i'm gonna come back to it i, I want to do less and so i'm gonna try to la not launch anything um Maybe maybe find ways to make the newsletter more valuable, like additional 
value that comes with a subscription. But otherwise, I don't want to. I don't want to launch anything new. <laughs> well, but that's interesting. And do you mind me asking? Maybe you're working on it. Maybe you're thinking about it. How you could add more value to the newsletter? Whether you're willing to share that or whether we need to wait. Yeah, there's a thing we just launched actually a couple of days ago. Um, where we're gonna in the in the newsletter community. So if you're a paid subscriber, you get you get to join the Slack. Um, and so we're gonna try out this mentorship matching program where people can volunteer to be a mentor or to get a mentor, and we're gonna match people up. And I think that's gonna be super cool. Uh, that's something we just launched. That is, and, and I love the other things that you do as well. You know, you have a job board, right? Like, and it makes so mm -hmm. much sense. Uh, but the fact that you can build that in, you have a Slack channel. There's a lot of being part of your community. And man, I'd love to talk with you about a community. Maybe another time. Uh, earlier today, I got to talk with Blake um, about you know the community aspect and some other content creators. So that was great. And, and I'll save that for a different time. But Lenny, this has been fantastic. Let's get to some questions and and get and guy. You've been waiting patiently. Thank you so much. What's on your mind for Lenny today? Yeah, thanks. Um, first of all, Lenny, I just want to say thank you. Probably wrote uh, thank yous to you in the community for the community. Uh, but this is the first time I probably do it verbally. So I think yeah. you, you set up one of the best communities ever, uh, specifically for product management. And I love it and recommend thanks, it to man. everybody. And thanks for being um, such a big part of it. Guy's actually an active member of our community. So, yeah, great to chat, man. Yeah, sure, man. Thanks. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> Thanks. Um, my question is, um, what is your motivation for the like? What's the what's the mission for doing this newsletter and the community? Like, does it go beyond product management? Is is it like something that has to do with you know how employees function at work or their growth or their career aspirations? Is there something like what are you trying to achieve with with all these things? You know, I'd ask Shreyas this. I asked, uh, I, I, if I'd ask uh, John Cutler, if I'd ask you, probably each one has a different motivation because not everybody opens up a community, right? Not everybody that writes about product management opens up a community. So, like, what's your mission? What's your mission? With the community in general or, or broadly? Broadly. Like, what, are you trying, what, what do you want to, like, how does that outcome look like in real life? You know, what you're doing with the newsletter, with the community, the stuff about product management. Uh, there's a, there's a bunch actually. So initially there was kind of two. One is people kept coming uh, to me with questions about how to build, like with my Airbnb experience and startup stuff, just like, how do we build a marketplace? What did Airbnb do right? Uh, how do we grow supply? So there's all these questions that I, I kind of like had half answers to. And I kind of found that I, I, I wanted to just write them out and spend time thinking through the stuff and then researching and having much better answers. So initially it was, I just want to like have better answers for people so that I can actually help give them good advice. So that was one, just like get better answers. Two is I, I was trying to avoid, like I called it project avoid getting a real job. I wanted to not have to just like become a PM somewhere again, if I could avoid it, because uh, it's like so much, such a unique path to, to not go down that default route. So, so that, that was my motivation, avoid getting a real job again. And, <laughs> and that's worked out. And then, and then like what's emerged from that is I, just like the thing that really fulfills me about this whole thing is what I was talking about earlier, of just like actually making a difference in people's career. Um, just like helping folks get promoted, helping people build a successful company, helping them hire the right person. So, so every time I hear a story of how that has happened, that's, that's like the best thing I could possibly hear. And so that's the kind of stuff that drives me just like helping 
it's like, I don't know, a boring, obvious answer maybe, but, but it's really um, fulfilling just like actually finding that I'm helping folks. That is such a tremendous answer. And, and Guy, do you have a quick follow-up? I didn't mean to interrupt. I saw you unmute your mic. I uh, know. I'm just saying, uh, keep it up. <laughs> Thanks, man. Josh. And, and the thing I'll add is like the thing I discovered with the community that's kind of formed around the newsletter is like, like I don't have all the answers at all, like anywhere near that. And when you bring together amazing people that are like driven, smart, hardworking, that like are paying for a newsletter like mine, it's just like you bring them together. Awesome things happen. You don't even have to do that much. And, and so that's like where a lot of this values come from is just, just creating like uh, an audience of awesome people and then bringing them together leads to like this exponential effect of awesome stuff. And that's kind of what's happened with the Slack. And Lenny, I'd be curious. Yeah. Can you give the uh, one, one, Go one ahead, thing guys. I wanted to say is I'll just say it's beyond that. I mean, I think the community, the reason it's successful is because of the nuances and the content. And I think that began with the initial people that were on there that, you know, there's not just random questions about frameworks. People actually give context about what they're doing. So questions and answers. And I think that's what working, what's, what's working. That's totally true. Lenny, I'd be curious to ask, do you have, you have a great community, you have Slack, things like that. Do you ever have like Zoom group masterminds? Or of course, I'd love to ask live audio, but you said this was your first one. Um, do you, do you have a, a direct connection to them beyond just text and things like that to engage your community? We've been like, we do. So we just this morning had a fireside chat with uh, Sahil of Gumroad, things like that. So, so we have like fireside chats and then we're launching this mentorship program. Um, this is like another example where there's like so much more we could do, but I'm trying not to do a lot of work uh, as much as I can. Cause like, again, I'm a workaholic and it'll fill up my, all my days if I let it. Um, so we're trying to find this balance with this, I have this community manager, Shrey, who's helping out of just like doing stuff and adding more value, but not like not doing too much and not constantly having all these things, but there's so much untapped potential. It's, it's pretty crazy. Um, and I'm, I'm guessing I'll do more over time, but yeah, it's like a, there's a lot of opportunity. Yep. 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 All right. Well, that was a great question guy. And Adarsh, you've been waiting patiently as well. What is on your mind today? What question do you have for Lenny? Hey, Lenny. Um, yep. Uh, so I have been one of the first cohort mates of Lenny's uh, product management. I know that. I know that. So it was fun. Uh, so yeah, with that uh, coursework, I was able to um, move into product role. So Amazing. thank you. Yep. Thank you for influencing um, my career. I have uh, actually three questions, but uh, I will keep it short. One. Um, with the current, uh, I mean, I, I've seen uh, you do the second cohort uh, back in December, November, I believe. Um, are you also open to do um, cohorts for product teams at uh, uh, companies and organizations? Uh, companies ask me for that for sure. Uh, I, I don't think I'd ever do just like, here's one company and let's just do a whole course of product management for one company because I, I don't, I'm not going to do these things that often because it's a whole dog and pony show and uh i'd rather just do it for a bunch of people across the world and across different companies so i'd rather yeah that's the kind of stuff i have to like say no to just so i can have time for other stuff so i don't think i will do it just for one company got it um second question uh, i see a lot of content around breaking into product management mm -hmm. and there are many communities uh, around um i'm 
like i would like to learn more on leveling up especially um getting promoted as well as uh, uh, most likely if not getting promoted at, at the current place uh, moving into uh, a different role at a, at a at a different organization right so uh, like are you thinking about that uh, maybe adding value in those spaces that's a great idea for a post how to get promoted as a product manager i'm going to take that <laughs> down and i'm going to work on that i like that all right thank you um third question i think i have asked you this in the during my time uh, uh, working working through the coursework are you thinking about writing a book <laughs> uh, because i mean i see a lot of content which is uh, which i do not find elsewhere um, the content which i find in uh, in the newsletter so uh, if that can be put together um, uh, in an organized manner it it can come like volumes of book uh, so i was just thinking like are you thinking about it like putting together a book uh, or something on those lines Three questions. Uh, I've definitely thought about it. It's always in the back of my mind. Uh, this again comes back to just like this general philosophy I have of I'm trying to do less, and a book is like so much work. My wife has put out two books, and just like seeing how much work it takes is is frightening. Um, so I'm trying to like wait as long as I can to like seriously explore that. Just like again to just maintain life balance, but. But it feels like this thing that'll happen at some point, and so you know I've talked to agents here and there, but I'm not actively. I'm trying to actively not is my simple answer, but it'll, it. it'll probably yeah. probably happen at some point. And but Lenny, it, I was uh, reading the best of for twenty or twenty twenty one last night. It felt like a book, even though you didn't structure it that way. You did right. you know, organize it. Thinking. Yeah, so yeah. I felt yeah, like I was reading. Like, yeah, like that is a, a that would be nice. Just like copy and paste my post into a book. And then we're done. And well, that's actually like a little bit roughly how I think about writing um, this newsletter. Is I'm not like trying to make any one post like the best thing in the world uh, every time. I'm trying to like fill these puzzle pieces of this puzzle of just how do you start a company from zero to I don't know a billion. Like what are all of the things that people need to know? And slowly I'm just trying to fill in each of those gaps. Like here's how you drive conversion. Here's how you increase reality. Here's how you increase retention. Here's how you fundraise. That's kind of the way I think about this. And feels like a book at some point yeah and i work with like i said before the jason pfeiffer the editor-in-chief at entrepreneur magazine and similarly i've as i've been working with him for over a year now it was during that time that he was writing a book well an aspect of what he did is as he was writing articles whether for his newsletter or for the magazine he can cherry pick those and put those together and ultimately mm -hmm. you know you can create a book like that so maybe that's something to think about but great question yeah. darsh yeah. Um, and Lenny, I want to be very respectful of your time. This has been tremendous. Uh, you have the best of Lenny 2021. I hope people will check that out. I hope people will follow you and check out your community. You were doing such great stuff. And I really, really, really appreciate taking the time to talk with us today, Lenny. So thank you again. Thanks, man. This is great. Thanks, everyone, for the great questions and sticking around. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you on Twitter. Absolutely. Yes, we will see everyone there. And I hope everyone had a great time today. Thank you for joining us. There will be many, many more of these. So follow along and uh, we hope you have a great rest of the day. So thank you again, Lenny. Take care. You bet. Bye, everyone. Bye. 
This is the best podcast. BEST stands for Business, Entrepreneurship, Startups, and Technology. I'm your host, Adam Sokolich, and each week we talk live on social media platforms like Twitter Spaces so that you can stay up to date with the latest news and stories, learn the greatest tools and tactics, and gain some of the best opportunities to connect with new people. Special guests include top founders, CEOs, and experts. Plus, the audience is always full of fascinating people. Even Elon Musk recently tuned in. All of our conversations are educating, entertaining, and engaging with the mission to help you succeed. So follow us on all your favorite social media platforms, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, and of course, tune in live to the best podcast. Let's talk soon.